You're listening to nothing important. And I made one key mistake in trying out for the role of the brother. I tried out for the role <laughs> of the brother, and I quickly learned that Michael McKean was up for the same role. And you got to be careful what you say when you leave a casting session. Here's what I said when I left. I said, may the best man win. And God damn it, he did. <laughs> Please enjoy the show. Welcome to the Nothing Important Podcast. Insert witty tagline here. My name is Brian, and with me, as always, is... I don't have anything clever to say, Dave. Dave, how are you doing this evening? Uh, something clever in response. Ah, thank you, sir. So, kind of an interesting show tonight. What it, what's kind of funny is uh, we've been experimenting with this blab, th- well, this blab thing, and uh, so it, it seems to be working out pretty well. And uh, I guess from uh, every Thursday, we're going to try to watch episodes of The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt and record it, correct? That is correct. All right. So if you're around, check our Twitter on Thursday evenings and hang out with me and Dave as we watch an episode of The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. We will record it as we discuss it and other random bullshit that comes up just like you were hanging out with your friends on the couch and uh, we'll post it. It's kind of a lot of fun. It was a it was a fun experiment last week, and it should be a fun experiment this week, right, Dave? That is correct. Just to clarify, we're gonna watch mm. it as we record. So if you join us, pull up the episode. We'll be on episode two this week, and have mm-hmm. it ready to go because we're gonna watch it while we talk, and we're not gonna mm-hmm. have the audio on our podcast because that's illegal as shit. But we're right. gonna, it's yeah, it's just like you're gonna be hanging out with your friends watching the show together. So we'll probably don't even talk about the show that much, and then we'll have right. to rewatch yes, it on our like own. This, <laughs> right? Yeah, because like when you're at home and you're watching a movie with your buddies, like you never fucking talk about the movie really. Like like here and there, but you just talk about random bullshit. Right. Such, something right? something in what you're watching will start a conversation. So we're kind of it's That's almost right. like cheating. We can't think of our own topics, so we're gonna use the <laughs> right. show to come up with topics to talk about. <laughs> exactly. So it's kind of an interesting show tonight for a couple reasons. Uh, Dave, you can see me on camera, but other people can't. Uh, I am currently in the Hilton on Michigan Avenue in downtown Chicago. I'm on the 12th floor. And uh, that means that my house, where I actually pay rent and reside, is exactly 1.5 miles to the west. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, is that you're in the Hilton, but all that I can mm-hmm. see is your face because of the webcam. But even your yeah. face looks fancier. Oh, well, thank you. I feel, <laughs> I feel uh, quite fancy, but I am here for work right now, and uh, it, it's pretty funny to me that I had to stay here even though I could have slept in my own bed like a 10-minute drive from here. Well, you but know, I have to sleep here at the Hilton. So You know how budgets work. You have to you have to spend all the money in the budget or you don't get the money next year. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So uh, we're actually waiting to call somebody we've been trying to get on for a little while, pretty big name. And once again, I don't want to say it because I'm going to jinx it, and then he's not going to answer his phone. But we'll uh, we will be calling our special guest here pretty shortly. Uh, in the meantime, Dave, it, 
I, I live in an area of Chicago called Ukrainian Village. It's kind of a bigger neighborhood. There's like maybe 50,000 people uh, that live in the neighborhood. And as such, on Facebook, they have like a neighborhood watch group, mm-hmm. right? So it's like Ukrainian Village neighborhood watch group. And it's like all the gossip <laughs> from the neighborhood, nice. which is pretty funny. Like, for example, last night, my wife and I, we were sitting in our backyard. She was drinking wine. I was having a couple beers and we just hear like pop, pop, pop in the background, right? Uh-huh. Like just somewhere, somewhere from within the city. So my wife looks at me and she says, is that gunshots or a firework? Because it's weird because like living in Chicago, that's a real issue now is, is, is it fireworks, which happens all the goddamn time. Mm-hmm. I don't know why these people are setting off fireworks randomly or, uh, is gunshots <laughs> because that also seems to happen in Chicago quite frequently. <laughs> quite so, frequently. Um, so anyway, so I, I look on this group and people are debating, you know, like I, I think it was fireworks and I'm like, well, it, it sounded to me like fireworks because, you know, anybody that shot a gun, there's like a distinctive like clack, you know, because there's like the, the bang of the gunpowder. And then there's like a distinctive click from, you know, like, uh, from the mechanism, you know, I don't know. It's, it's a distinctive crack. You know, you mm-hmm. hear the gunpowder explode and you hear the crack because it's the bullet breaking the sound barrier as it exits the chamber. So it's like a mini sonic. Anyway, it so is that's a, what kind it of is a sonic boom a la Guile from street fighter two. <laughs> My favorite. Exactly. My favorite. Exactly. So just to show, uh, that's what kind of group it is. You know, it's pretty instantaneous. So there's this woman, who lives in our neighborhood, who I refer to as a porch sitter lady, not because I have, I'm making fun of her. It's just, I don't know anything to know her by. Like I've lived here for five years and this woman daily will walk from house to house, sit on the porch uh, for a few moments, walk to the next house, sit on the porch for a few moments. She doesn't really speak uh, all that much, either that or she's really quiet, you know, but my, mm-hmm. my daughter loves her and is kind of fascinated with her. So, I was looking through pictures on my phone of my daughter playing up and down the sidewalk, and I see that she's in the background. So I crop her out, and I post her on our Facebook group, and I'm like, hey, what's the deal with this lady? You know, she seems harmless. She seems nice. Just what's her story? Like, why does she walk up and down uh, walk up and down the sidewalk and sit on people's porches? I don't have any problems. She sits on my porch all the time, and it's no big deal. She doesn't mm-hmm. hurt anything, right? Mm-hmm. So. People that have lived in the neighborhood for like 40 and 50 years, like, oh, well, that woman has a name. Her name is Barbara. And they're telling us like, like neighbors and such are are telling us about this woman's life story, which is, which is pretty fascinating. She's lived in Ukrainian village her entire life. And she's like 60 something years old. She's never moved out of that neighborhood. She's lived there, you know, and like she's elderly now and she's, she has uh, breathing problems, which is why she sits on porches, you know? But, uh, yeah. her, uh, you know, cause she, it's her exercise, but she can't walk that far. So every house she sits on the porch for a minute and rest hmm. and she just does that all day, which is kind of cool. Right. It is kind of cool. So, right. So, you know, like my neighborhood has a lot of characters. There's like the guy that plays trumpet late at night. You know, there's the porch sitter lady <laughs> who we're currently talking about. There's like a bunch of different characters. So people are just tidbits from over the years, like saying, oh, well, she's nice, blah, blah, blah. And of course you got to have the one assholes that are absolutely offended over nothing and uh, there was about two or three people that started berating me for posting a picture of this lady and trying to make it sound like I'm the asshole. But, you know, I'm, I'm well, trying to make it sound like I'm the asshole. And uh, my response was, uh, I 
noticed she was in the background of a picture with my daughter. I've always just wondered who it was. I figured I'd post it. Sorry, you're pretending to be upset. You know, basically, like, go fuck yourself, right? It's not a real issue, right? Yeah, because you have so no idea. Someone, this person could be a danger, and you're just trying to find right. out who is hanging around yeah, with I mean, freaking children, you know? Yeah. Right. I was just I was just curious about her, you know? I never had any issue or running. I was just curious about the lady. Right. So this goes on, and another person chimes in, and they start, they start talking shit about how uh, I'm being disrespectful to this lady and, and just making the craziness of this when all I was just like, like, Hey, what's the, you know, this, this, yeah. this woman, You're but so I got the ultimate the revenge, right? I got the ultimate, not revenge, but validation How's because that? the woman's daughter is actually on that group. Ah, And she told us this amazing story about how th- this woman's, you know, her life and how she's lived in Ukrainian village. And even though the rest of her family has moved to the suburbs, she always considers that neighborhood home. Nice. And she will not leave no matter what her health is like, right? And and my favorite part about it was, is that now this woman's daughter, Port Center Lady's daughter, was, and you know what made her day? The fact that somebody posted a picture of her and wanted to know more about her. That's awesome. See? Yeah. And go. I'm like, eggs. I'm like, exactly, assholes. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, so me and my wife, my wife was like, why Why are those people being dicks to you? Like, most people were really yeah. cool, but it was literally two people. Like, why are those people being dicks to you? And I'm like, well, it's because it, those people have such a good life that they have to make up <laughs> issues <laughs> and then try to, and then, and then at the same time, try to act like they're defending some sort of issue. You know what I mean? Like, right. they created a cause just to take it up. Right. And it was so great because it's nice to see uh, it bite him in the ass because the lady's own daughter was like, well, that, that's my mom. And she loves the fact that people are talking about her because it shows that they care and that they're interested. Right. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. Right. right. Further solidifies the point I always make. Nobody is really that upset about anything. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's full of shit. All right. So we're going to pause for a minute and I'm going to call our special guest here. It's all good, man. Dave, are you there? I'm here. Dave, we have Ed Bagley Jr. on the phone. Hey, welcome. (laughs) Dave, how are you? I am awesome. How are you this evening, sir? Well, you are awesome because you're in a great city. I love Chicago. Oh, awesome. Absolutely. It is a fantastic city. I I lived there uh, in L.A. for eight months, and I think that's a pretty wonderful city as well. I enjoy it here. I've been born here and been here for many years, so uh, I like it, but I love getting around the country, and Chicago's a great city. Awesome. Absolutely, yeah. It's, so it's a lot of fun. It's a little gloomy right now outside. Like, I wish by this time of the year it'd be at least a nice enough night to stroll down the street, but it's all rainy and cold. <laughs> not, not the best night to do it. <laughs> yeah, so, we had a little uh, stormy weather, well, cloudy and minor rain here, but uh, now it was sunny today, so it's nice, but uh I love getting one of the things I like most about Chicago is the great transit system there. I take the L all over town. You know, when I come in from the airport, I take, I guess it's the blue line you take in from the airport. And it's a, it's a great city for public transportation. I go all around the town, you know, with my, uh, with my transit card. It's great. Yeah, it, it's, yeah, now, it's also uh, becoming more and more bike friendly. That's a big push in Chicago right now is the bikes and the public bike system. That's right. I saw that public bike system there. I was staying um, right off the park there, and uh, and and they have those bikes that you can just, you know, if you've signed up to the program, which is very easy to do on your smart device, 
you know, you can go and grab your bike and pick it up one place and drop it another. That's really a good, good setup you have there. Yeah, they're called Divi bikes. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. The blue Divi. Absolutely. Yep. I wonder how many people get on the L when you're in town and uh, they happen to sit next to you and the whole time in their head they're debating whether or not you're really Ed Bagley Jr. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's got to be uh, a really low position in the totem pole and Ed Begley lookalike. I don't know uh, how much uh, how much cachet that has. Uh, I don't know, man. You're a legend. You, you've been on so many things. Your Your career has been so long. And, and so prolific. And Dave and I, when we were prepping to start the show, we were amazed. We're like, holy crap, he's been in a ton of things. How do you stay so busy and for so long and you're not absolutely exhausted? I'm just lucky to still be working. I'm 66 now and I started when I was uh, 17. So next year it'll be 50 years that I've been working in the business. And uh, I just feel grateful every day. I'm still working on good shows TV shows like Better Call Saul and movies like the Chris Guest movie I just did. And I'm just very, very lucky to keep, keep working. That's uh yeah. Better Call Saul. Yeah. As you know, Dave and I, we also have the, uh, the it's all good man podcast where, you know, we, we talk about Better Call Saul and I got to be honest, you, you, uh, your character uh, was one of my uh, favorite new characters of this year. Well, I love this show. I'd be a fan whether or not I'm on it. I'd watch the first season having no notion whatsoever that I'd be on it. And then the second season, I like even more than the first, if that's possible. It's so good. Michael McKean is so good. Yes. That part is his brother. Bob is wonderful. Ray is great. That wonderful actress, Ray, who's a female lead. <clears throat> Patrick Fabian. <clears throat> Everybody. They're just so good. And my God, Jonathan. Jonathan Banks is just... Uh, one of those guys like me that's been doing it a long time and what a great role he found there written by the genius Vince Gilligan and him and Peter Gould doing this show. Again, you think now, how are they going to forget about top? How are they going to equal right. breaking bad? You can't lightning does not strike twice like that. And they did it. Better call. Saul is a terrific show in its own right. And, uh, these guys are just great master storytellers, masters. And it's awesome hearing Absolutely. you talk like that because without exception of the many, many people we've interviewed from the show, everyone raves about it. They love the show. They love the people. Not, I mean, obviously, we were interviewing and talking about it, so no one's going to be negative, but you can tell it's authentic. Like, everybody really <clears throat> seems to enjoy this, I can't even think of the word, about this great program that's it's killing it. Well, it starts from the top. You know, Vince Gilligan is a master storyteller. The way that he hooks an audience in, me from the first episode of Breaking Bad, you see pants flying through the air, right. you know, and then a motorhome blast by. You go, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> I want to, you know, I'm in. I, I want to learn more. How do, <laughs> what does that mean? How do you we know, get to this little point? kid's doll floating in the pool with a little eyeball floating around beside it, a charred child's doll. What does that mean? Start guessing what you think that means. And, and then you find out what it means. You're just hooked. He knows how to hook you in and tell a great story visually and with a spoken word. He's amazing. Absolutely. Yeah, it, exactly. And that, uh, that last scene that you had with Bob Odenkirk, where, uh, where you essentially fired him from Davis and Maine, uh, man, that, that was, uh, I, I gotta tell you that was, that was a great scene. And that by far was one of my favorite scenes of the entire season two. Cause uh, I guess to use Dave's, you know, word that he just used it, like 
the way you portray the character and his absolutely befuddlement at <laughs> at Jimmy <laughs> McGill, it, it came off as so strong and genuine. It's it's you know everybody loves Jimmy in the show, but then like your your character and the way you deliver your character's line, I I think everybody was watching like was just perfectly reminded how much of an asshole Jimmy McGill actually is. <laughs> I know. I, I felt that reading the script and uh, you never know how it's going to play, but it's so wonderfully shot and wonderfully directed. They got top directors to work on the show. And so, uh, you know, it turned out very good. I was very happy with the work and they know how to write stuff that's authentic. You know, yeah. I've met guys like, you know, Clifford Maine and uh, you know Santa Fe lawyers, very kind of, groovy guys, but when you rub them the wrong way, when you betray them as Jimmy did, you know, they, they get real serious real quick. And, uh, <laughs> and Peter and, and, and Gordon, this wonderful story editor, Gordon, who wrote that episode, I believe, um, they're, you know, they're just great. Peter Gould and Vince Gilligan and Gordon, they just, they write one great episode after another. Yeah, absolutely. I, I would totally agree. Uh, to go back, what we kind of touched on uh, at the beginning of our conversation, talk, uh, talking about how um, uh, how how long you've been doing it and how many things you've been in. You're, you're okay. Like I'm looking at your Wikipedia page as we speak right now, and it's just so much stuff. I like look at him like, <laughs> oh my god, he was in that. That's amazing. Like to me, I I love the fact that not only were you in Batman the animated series, but you were in Batman Beyond. <laughs> I know. I'm very very lucky to be in all these projects. You know, my dad was an actor, so I was around it from the early stage. I think if my dad had been a plumber, I'd be fitting pipe now. I just wanted to do what he did. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I got a, a shot finally in 1967, having hung around, hung around on sets and tried to get a job. Had no clue what I was doing. Didn't think I needed to train. I thought, well, I'm charming. I can be an actor. You just talk, right? <laughs> had no idea what skills are involved. I finally took some classes in 1966, so then 1967, by no coincidence, having finally gotten just a modicum of training, I got a job and then kind of learned as I was doing it, Did still didn't know what I was doing, even though I was beginning to work, and finally figured it out. And by the time St. Elsewhere came along, I was able to rise to the occasion of truly good material on that medical show in the 80s and uh, try to do justice to the great words written by those, those wonderful writers. It's it, yeah, it's 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 just amazing. Uh, do you have a role that's been your favorite uh, role, or like one that particularly sticks out to you? Well, I I guess you should, to be fair, give points for the quality of the work and then the duration. Given the longevity of that one job, St. Elsewhere, that's probably you know one of the best jobs I've ever had. Having said that, even though it's a small part and just a matter of you know a few weeks' work the movie The In-Laws with Peter Falk and Alan Arkin. I just saw it again, so it's fresh in my mind, guys. And I'll <laughs> tell you, it holds up so good. It's such a good movie because the acting is so good. They're not playing it for laughs. They're two good actors that are wonderful comic actors and dramatic actors. And Alan Arkin is playing it like it's, you know, like it's Pierre Gint. He's playing it like it's Strindberg or Ibsen or something. He, and the same with Peter Falk. He's doing all these outlandish things that spike out from the basic story they've laid down and the basic reality they've laid down. They laid this carpet of reality of real behavior, and then it spikes out from there, and it, it's a really good movie. So The In-Laws is another good one, another great movie in which I have an even smaller part than The In-Laws, but it's, 
It's really a terrific movie that I happen to be in in a very minor way, but it's called This is Spinal Tap. That's a truly great movie. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Love Spinal Tap. That's great, because I was trying to figure out a way to segue uh, into that. Um, you know, have you, you know, because Michael McKean obviously was was in Spinal Spinal Tap as well. And uh, it, was. It, it was kind of fun seeing you guys on, on screen again. Have you guys worked together uh, much between Spinal Tap and Better Call Saul, or, or was that kind of a reunion of sorts? We worked together a few times. He's always in those Christopher Guest movies uh -huh. that I have been lucky enough to be in myself. You know, Best in Show and A Mighty Wind and For Your Consideration, all those shows. So I, uh, I've worked with him on those shows. I played his father in a movie called Young Doctors in Love, a Gary Marshall movie back <laughs> in the late 70s, maybe early 80s. And, uh, you know, I've known him a long time. He's a very good friend. And I made one key mistake in trying out for the role of the brother. I tried out for the role of the brother and I quickly learned that Michael McKean was up for the same role. And you got to be careful what you say when you leave a casting session. Here's what I said when I left. I said, may the best man win. And God damn it. He did. <laughs> Wonderful in that part. I don't know what the hell I would have done with it, but nothing <laughs> nearly as good as he has done out of the park. Brilliant. Michael McKean is a truly great actor of our time. And I'm so glad he gets to shine in this role. He, he's a terrific friend and, uh, and a terrific actor. And I like how they, Man, they, they worked a lot of his musical stuff or a little bit of his musical background into better call Saul. Do you have much yep. of a musical background? I'm a former drummer. I don't play much anymore, but, uh, Michael is a really highly, highly skilled piano, play, uh, uh, guitar player. They have him playing the piano, which he can play well, but he's really a great guitar player. So I probably could have faked it a little bit better on the on the piano, <laughs> not that I'm a real piano player, but they had somebody come in and a guy whose hands look similar to mine and they kind of made it look real. But I, I'm I'm no guitar player, I'll promise you, as anybody who heard what I what I was strumming on the set will attest. So that wasn't you and the show actually playing the guitar, it was a... I was attempting to play the guitar, and I get kind of close to the chords, but I'm not sure. I my dear wife walked in. Rochelle, how are you? The wonderful Rochelle Carson. Hi, Rochelle. Hi, Rochelle. Hi. Dave and Brian, say hi. Hi. Hello. That's awesome. I cooked some food for you, honey. It's on the counter. You see? I'm a good little housewife. I made some dinner for my wife. Here. That's awesome. No, that's, that's the way it should be, though. I often make... Uh, make uh dinner for my my wife as well so you know you, you gotta you gotta love the ones that love you right <laughs> that's right i'm the cook in the house so i do like to cook and uh so i made her a little stir fry hopefully she'll like it awesome i you know uh i i wanted ahead. to uh actually when you mentioned you were a drummer i had that in mind i was watching your portlandia skit a couple of portlandia skits earlier today mm. the the uh, church is an option is like one of my favorite skits I freaking love it. And you're sitting there at the drum set. And I was like, oh, maybe I should ask him if he's actually a drummer, or if he just kind of sat there. And But you actually do have a drumming background. So that's very cool. And you answered my question. So thank you. Yeah, I used to play the drums. And I learned a valuable lesson sitting down at that set for the first time, you know, on, on the, uh, the set uh, of uh, Portlandia. They asked me to play the drums. So I sat down at that kit. 
And uh, I realized you can't sit down every 15 years at a drum set and think you're going to play. You got to play, <laughs> oh, let's say once a year, you know, something like that. So uh, I was quite clumsy, but uh, I'm going to start taking lessons again or maybe get a set again. I haven't had a drum set in many years, but I'm probably doing. Nice. Get back on that bike. It's like straight riding a bike, right? You get that muscle memory back and it'll all come back to you. That's right. Dave and I had a, uh, had a bet during, um, well, it was it, again, going back to that, uh, that final episode with you and better call Saul where, um, Aaron, the, uh, I guess she was like an intern or a paralegal or something like that. She was really adamant about the recycling of, uh, putting the aluminum can in the recycling bin as opposed to putting it in the garbage can. And I was like, well, Dave, you know, uh, Ed Bagley is an environmentalist. I'm like, I bet he put that in there. Uh, uh, well, I, I guess just kind of wrote that into the scene. Did you have anything to do with that? Nothing whatsoever, though. I'd love oh. to take credit. I cannot. <laughs> they, uh, they did that in the script and they do it on the set. They have a very real recycling. That's quite, you know, uh, well set out for ease of everybody in the set doing it. Uh, they do all kinds of other green measures. They gave everybody a permanent water bottle. So we're not having a bunch of plastic water bottles floating around. Uh, you know, single use plastic or what have you. They're very good in an environmental sense on that set in every way, trying to save fuel here, uh, you know, low wattage lighting, uh, you know, energy efficient lighting, all kinds of different ways that they do things. Sending you instead of a script, they send you a PDF file. So you have it in that way to save paper. They're, it's a very green set. And I, I got a credit. Peter Gould and Vince Gilligan for doing that. It's, it wasn't me. They put it in the script and they make it real on the set. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's good. I think my theory was yeah. that they had done that uh, because you're an environmentalist, the writers had thrown that in there. Um, they might have. Like there might little... be a little homage to my uh, yeah. alter ego, to my other life. That, that, <laughs> that might be so. <laughs> That's fantastic. You have, a, uh, you have a movie coming up with uh, Seth Rogen, right? I did a TV pilot with Seth Rogen and Evan That's Goldberg. Right. It's called Future Man, starring Josh Hutcherson, and Seth and Evan directed it. Very funny script called Future Man, so I'm looking forward to that. That'll be on Hulu, so uh, you'll hear oh, more about that soon. And uh, those guys are so talented. I work with them on Pineapple Express, of course. And <laughs> That's right. right I had forgotten that old man. Big fan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, that was a weird segue on my part, but I, I have, uh, I'm going to go ahead and give him a shout out. There's a gentleman who works in LA who helps us, uh, book guests sometimes. His name is Chris. And, uh, every once in a while, when a guest agrees to be on our show, I'll, I'll text him and I'll say, Hey, you know, this person is coming on. And I said, uh, you know, uh, Ed Bagley Jr. agreed to be on our show. And he said, well, no way. That's like one of my all time favorite actors. And he's like, ask him about the Seth Rogen project. So, uh, so I apologize for the weird segue, but I just really wanted to give him props and, and put that out there. Chris is a great guy. And I guess I'm just expressing to you that you are Chris's one of Chris's favorite actors. <laughs> I would give him my best. I hope to meet him one day. Absolutely. He's a, he's a, he's a really, really great dude. A, a, absolutely solid guy. So he's I, I killer at karaoke. It. <laughs> yeah. Killer at karaoke. <laughs> are great. you I are, look for him at the karaoke bars? <laughs> do you go, do you do karaoke? 
Never. I can't oh. sing a note. <laughs> if, if you did go to karaoke, what would be your karaoke song? Oh, God. I did it my way. Maybe I could Ooh. take my way through it. I'm not sure. <laughs> Good choice. Good choice. Yeah, not a bad choice. My, mine is Hold On by Wilson Phillips. <laughs> Hold On is a great song. I'm a big Wilson Phillips fan. Exactly. Hold On is an amazing song. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to do a cover well, of it. We do covers of female songs for our podcast. Sometimes we call it that time of the month. We'll have to do the uh, Hold yeah. On cover. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, Ed, uh, thank you so much for chatting with us this evening. It's been so much fun and an absolute pleasure. I hope we can do it again sometime. And, I, man, I'm hoping that they find some way to write you back into the third season of Better Call Saul. That would be Me awesome. too. I'll go on that set for any reason. I'll come and do craft service just to be around those guys. <laughs> I'm the biggest of fans. So thanks for letting me talk about that show and some of those other fine movies and TV shows. And uh, you guys have a great night in the beautiful city, Chicago. All right, Ed. Thank you so much. Ladies and gentlemen, Ed Bagley Jr., thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> It's all good, man. Hey, hey, it's all good, man. What a great guy. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> you know what I like what I liked about him is when we paused out for, for me to give him a ring. Mm-hmm. Um well a lot of times people just answer hello, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, that's his beep from him leaving. But uh he he's just like uh what I liked about him is I dialed him, it rang one and a half times, and he's like, Brian! so it's kind of nice because it it was like he was my friend right from the get-go that's he's a consummate professional obviously absolutely this wasn't his first interview right he he seems like somebody uh his his career is just so prolific like i said prolific and large like really i feel like you you could probably talk to the man for hours and hours and hours and he's forgotten more about just about anything than he's ever learned about anything Yeah, yeah really Really solid dude. Well, I'm I'm glad that uh, he spoke with us tonight. That yeah. that was uh, really fun. He made it very lively, and uh, you know, it, it was nice to hear a little bit about his his earlier career too. Be, that we would have never thought of, you know, like because I I go back like only like thirty something years. He's been acting twenty more years than I've been on this earth, and he still does it with great like, yeah. Like frequency, like I, guess I said, like his 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 uh, skits in Portlandia are there. He knocks it out of the park. Like I'm laughing that he, his deadpan delivery and like the uh, the cup of Joe sided dough, you know, if, after being there yeah. so long and and doing these little you know and comedies and dramas and keeping it and and varied and just yeah the dude's yeah. just he's the man. That's that's crazy. I'm kind of shaking a little bit still because that was <laughs> by far the biggest person we've talked to. And, yeah, uh, and you know, you know what, you know what I really liked about it too, though. What's that? What What was super nice is that his wife walked in, and uh, you know, he was talking about how he made her dinner and stuff yeah. like that. And that kind of war, that kind of warms my heart because, like, I'm kind of a sap when it comes to my wife too. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, see, that's good. You know, I like to see people be happy and stuff. So that's great. Yeah, just a uh, just a absolutely stellar dude, uh, Ed Bagley Jr. Good times. Is that the second guest we talked to while he was making dinner? Possibly. Somebody. Somebody was cutting. <laughs> Somebody's chopping vegetables up while he's talking to us. Who's oh, man, that? I'll have to, well, I don't know. We'll have to go back and take a look at it. Yeah, it's like right. Kyle Bornheimer or Joe DeRosa or something. Uh, 
So that was awesome talking to Ed Bagley Jr. And what's funny, as I mentioned before, Dave, I'm actually in the Hilton downtown for work, right? Uh-huh. So um, it, we had like a day of meetings and speeches and presentations and all this stuff about the state of the company, where the company's going five years from now, award banquets and at dinner and all this bullshit. And um, so afterwards, everybody's going to like a bar here in the restaurant to hang out and drink, you know, just so we can all be hung over for the fucking 7.30 a.m. meeting that we have tomorrow <laughs> morning, right? And my boss is is like, Brian, hey, we're, go- we're going to this bar, right? And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, I will be there around like 11 o'clock. And uh, she's like, yeah, but we're, we're going there at like nine. I'm like, I know, but I'll be there like at 11. <laughs> See you then. And she's like, why? And off, it, like off my head, not even thinking, I said, oh, because I have a phone interview at 1030. And she just stops dead in her track. Uh. Like, because nobody knows I do this. <laughs> I don't <laughs> talk about it at work at all. And she looks at me and I'm like, oh, no. Not like a job interview because like, well, first off, who would do a job interview at 1030 at night? Right. right? Like, but I'm like, not a job interview. It's, it's this other thing I got going on. And now this drew like attention because there is literally like 400 people here. It drew attention from all these people I meet. Cause now I look like a, a, a blustering fool, you know? And I'm right. like, it's not like it's this thing I do. And and everybody's looking at me, and there's like, t- t- you know, because I get animated when I talk, and I like to try, you know, I'd be silly. I just so. picture you dropping and, your head and be like, I host the podcast. <laughs> yeah, that is exactly what happened. So all these people <laughs> look at me, and I just go, okay, here's the deal. I do a podcast. People listen to it. I'm fucking calling Ed Begley Jr. <laughs> <laughs> and people, people laughed. And and then that was like funny, right? Like it was like, oh, okay, like what a random celebrity he would say that he's calling. He's doing his little dorky podcast, probably going to talk about like video games and shit like that. Right, right. Uh, but uh, no, jokes on them. I was really talking to Ed Begley Jr. <laughs> so yeah, so so uh, yeah, jokes on them. Uh, but good times. I'm glad Ed called in. It's so good, Dave, to be doing the Nothing Important podcast with you. Once again, that of course, is, we're yes. also going to post this over at It's All Good Man because, you know, he was a part of uh, Better Call Saul. But uh, awesome having Ed Bagley Jr. on Nothing Important. I got some kick-ass people coming up. And I totally want to be like a radio show or like a TV show and be like, next week on Nothing Important, this guy talking to <laughs> us assholes. But I can't do that because just by nature of when we have to record and the randomness and it's not live – and uh, we've been burnt before, not because anything bad, but just because somebody more famous will want the same person at the same time we right. do. And anybody who would fucking do us over somebody more famous or like with a huge syndicated radio program or something is a fucking moron. <laughs> <laughs> like, wh- right? Like, nobody's going to be like, oh, I can't go on Howard Stern because I'm going to talk to Brian and Dave. And I'd be like, motherfucker, go on Howard Stern. Yeah, what exactly. What the fuck is wrong with it? You know, like, fuck <laughs> us. Like, so. Anyway, it's good to be back in the saddle. We're going to have an absolutely awesome uh, second run here, I guess, of nothing important. We're going to keep getting people on a cell, good man. We're going to keep doing the live Tuesday showings of Thursday. Uh, the Unbreakable Thursday, the live Tuesday, the live Thursday showings Wait, of say, the Unbreakable. Say it again with the with not a weird emphasis on Thursday. 
Okay, we're going to do the live Thursday, not a weird emphasis. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? Okay. Because you went gonna, live Thursday showings. Just say, we're going to do the live Thursday yeah, okay, showings. I got okay. Live Thursday showings of uh, the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt on Blab. Check out uh, Facebook and Twitter uh, for the link to those things as they come up. And uh, let's, let's have a good time and uh, try to talk to some cool people. I think that is a solid plan, my friend. I think it's very attainable. I'm super excited about it. You know me. I don't sound excited, but I am super excited about it. And uh, yeah, man, let's get this hiatus awesome. over with and get back on track. Right on. So since I have a bunch of work people to meet downstairs and I already have my suit off, I'm going to put my flip flops on my Ninja Turtle t-shirt that my daughter got me for Christmas, and I'm going to go <laughs> hang out at this fancy-ass bar with a bunch of co-workers and my boss. Dave, you can stop recording me. Be sure to follow Nothing Important online at nothingimportantpodcast.com. Find us on iTunes, on Twitter at NotImportantPC, and you can also find us on Facebook. Nothing Important is recorded with help from Third City Sound in Joliet, Illinois. Thanks for being awesome.